Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. Today, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, why we and people practice, um, examine a little bit why we meditate at all, (laughs) and get ourselves oriented around that. As meditation teachers, it's really of the utmost importance to understand that we have different reasons and more importantly, um, motivation levels at different times in terms of practicing. So the Yoga Sutras um, has a couple sutras on that from the first chapter. Um, And they're important additions uh, to that particular text. Uh, The first one says, for those who have an intense urge for spirit, it sits near them waiting. For those who have an intense urge for spirit, it sits near them waiting. And then it goes on to say, for those who have urges of varying degrees, mild, moderate, or intense, due to those differences, there also arise distinctions in their sense of closeness to spirit. The sutras describe like an urge or a longing might be uh, a useful word for spiritual connection. And some people are born really intensely wanting that connection. And for others, and I would say probably most people, that sort of interest or urge can be born out of, out of suffering. And that suffering uh, can come in many forms, a big life event, uh, shift in personal circumstances, something that really spurs us to question what this life is all about. And I'm sure everyone here can think of moments in their life or people around them where (laughs) they were all of a sudden thrust into a situation where they began to realize they might not know (laughs) their purpose or they might feel like the suffering was large and wanted it to be different. And, you know, if we're lucky, we sort of have a at least slightly spiritual or connected orientation arises from that. And also for many, it it's really comes out of what we might perceive as a depressive state, kind of wanting, wanting for things to be better and having no real idea how to get there. So that might be something that you're familiar with or could imagine. Um, and then, you know, for some others, it might not be, that sort of intense urge for connection, but we might feel really more exploratory and kind of interested in exploration. So we don't really feel like it's born out of suffering, but just where we're interested in the circumstances and world we live in. So different texts talk about those things in different ways, but it's definitely a common theme <laughs> where you have our, you know, your protagonists and they're, you know, thrust into some difficult position or are having a moment of being totally despondent and especially um, 
well, all of them, but really the Indian texts are really good at this because they're, uh, they're good at storytelling. And you find yourself saying, why? Um, and so one of my really well-known and, and a text I've spent a lot of time with is the Yoga Vashishta. And, and that's like an example of that where you have your, your main character being like, I don't really understand why I'm here, what I'm doing. And then the enlightened sages say, great, this is a great place to start your spiritual education. Congratulations. This is awesome. Like, this is your moment. Or you have, of course, the, the story of the Bhagavad Gita. If you've looked at that, where you have this royal person charged with, you know, waging a war and being in charge of all this stuff. And all of a sudden they're like, why am I even doing this? This is horrible. And I don't want to do it. Krishna says, well, I've got a lot to say to you right now that you're in this position. So often they start here. Um, and of course, we're probably not in that position, but in our regular life, right, where we're thrust into these positions. Knowing how much we want the connection, whether it's like, no matter where it's born out of though, and really how motivated we are at any given time is like really important because it dictates how we practice. So most people on earth, you know, are, are on the lighter end of the spectrum in terms of this kind of urge for connection. And this is because, and when I say this, it's going to be really obvious <laughs> once I say it, this is because it's hard to want something you don't know anything about. Nobody wanted television 200 years ago. It didn't exist. And now most of us probably wouldn't, you know, dream of living without at least like a Netflix subscription, right? And spiritual desire and work in the same way. With any sort of practice comes capacity. And with that capacity comes new experiences. And those experiences then create new desires. So I'll say that again, just because I'd like us to have that orientation, because I think it's really helpful if we're thinking about helping people move through this process. So at first we practice for capacity at all. And then we have experiences because we're practicing. And then we go from our initial desire, say, uh, to not be suffering so much. <laughs> um, and we get new desires. And those new desires um, can be useful or not useful. But the useful ones motivate us to explore more and find new spiritual territory and capacity. And then when we find more, you know, we expand our sort of spiritual capacity. We then get in touch with new motivations and desires. And that's kind of the cycle people are on as they keep meditating. So you can imagine, you know, you start out, you're like, what is meditation? All I do is like watch TV and eat chips every night. And this is bad. I'm sort of suffering. Like, I don't like the, I don't like this life I'm living. It's not very interesting. Um, I'm going to grab this app. When I go on Insight Timer and start listening to the 800,000 people offering meditations there, and I start developing some capacity, right? They all have like some sort of component of concentration and, and focus and maybe like watching your breath or mindfulness. And then I realized, whoa, there's, there's more here than I thought. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, that there, I want more. And there's no judgment here, no real like kind of better or worse scenario, um, because as we've discussed in, in the earlier 
lectures for each individual and where each individual needs to go is their own. A good analogy is like everybody's a, a baby at some point and then they become an adult. And then um, whether we like it or not, we sort of become a baby again in our life cycle. And we would never judge like a child for being a child um, and being in their sort of stage of development. We might say, wow, what an amazing kid you know, so all this capacity and interest and they're growing. It's the same with meditators. So you, you, you wouldn't really say one meditator is doing better than the other. There's no really advanced meditator. The real differences between meditators are in their current state of desire, you know, for spirit and the experiences that they've had. But unless you're fully awakened or enlightened, which we'll discuss later. <laughs> There's no really way to know how it's going to end up for any individual meditator in, in this lifetime. The ego right, has no useful input because it can't see things in a non-linear way. So it's not, our mind is not stepping back and seeing ourselves or someone else um, in their entirety, <laughs> they can only see things from a very limited perspective. So the ego is not really working with a full set of information when it judges <laughs> where someone is on their spiritual path. But with others, it's a very important to remember that there's no way for us to determine where somebody exactly is. So we meditate for various reasons at various times. And that's based on our urge for spirit, our current viewpoint and capacity, and our perceived level of suffering. So we may initially want to shed some detrimental thought patterns. Maybe we want to increase our capacity for performance or happiness. People all the time meditate for even like athletic achievement. I taught with a teacher for a while who only does that. But then we may feel from that practice an opening to something that feels bigger um, often people feel wider emotional states or and or they'll feel bigger experiences with contentment and connection. Our minds perceive and see things in the present while we're practicing, while we're actually meditating that we like. And then our minds shift and want more change in our day-to-day -day lives. And then our practice now supports our desires and heightens our capacity to achieve them. So we've opened up and our desire level rises. The practice supports our ability to go towards that. And this sets us down a path of connection. And here's one other important part. We can pause on that path. We can take breaks. We can linger and smell the flowers on the path. We can run down the path. <laughs> but now we're on the path and our mind and hearts know it. So our world changes because now the world is bigger than we originally thought possible. So if we together are gonna to teach others, we're going to need to understand this at a very deep level. We're going to need to look inside ourselves and see our relationship to spirit and the path that we are on. And we are going to need to be radically honest with ourselves, asking us our questions like, where am I right now? How did I get here? How has suffering influenced my journey so far? Have I gotten off the path, taken breaks? 
Have I fallen prey to my limited ego-driven viewpoints? Because by understanding ourselves, we can understand others' experiences and help them walk at a pace and intensity that suits them at this time. And most importantly, we can help them see that it's a choice to move forward on the path and that we are absolutely free to make that choice or not. Everything is a choice. Nothing truly binds us to our current perception of reality. We can always choose to take another step and see what happens. But again, it's a choice. So this week, the invitation is to take an amazingly honest look at why we practice. Let's look at ourselves from an intellectual perspective, which would be discovering our past and current motivations to meditate. That's our conscious mind, sort of intellectual mind doing that work. And then also from a heart perspective, what is our current relationship with the divine as it sits there waiting for us? Do we feel an urge to move closer or not? How strongly are we pulled or not? And does that is that urge static? Is it always the same or does it shift? The good news is there's no right or wrong answer to these questions because simply turning our gaze towards these questions is the actual practice. So as we move forward and begin to, you know, study some details of practices and some ideas and philosophy uh, that we can use in helping ourselves and others, we're going to have this on our mind that we need this like kind of like really radical honesty with ourselves and where we're going to come up against probably at times is not being sure or realizing that sometimes we don't care as much as we thought we did <laughs> or we don't feel so connected, right? to this concept of spiritual development sometimes. And um, from a personal perspective of somebody who's meditated a while, but probably more importantly, worked with lots of people on their practices. What I'd like you to take away is how important it is if you wanna be effective to really understand yourself and be okay with every answer that comes up. Let's give ourselves permission to really understand and think about these things um, and allow our heart to speak to us or not <laughs> and be really um, willing and uh, available you know, for those questions. So this will come up often. Where are we now? What are we actually feeling now? Do we have deeper longings or intellectual longings? And where is my motivation to continue practicing really being born from at this moment? Well, that's what I'd like to share today. I wanna thank you for your attention and your intention. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. 
For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.